Look, I'm not sure if you guys can see me. I can't see myself. I, I don't really care right now. Uh, this is an emergency podcast for anybody who listens to the show, who follows the Brooklyn Nets, who hates the Brooklyn Nets, who loves the Brooklyn Nets. Um, this is an emergency podcast that I don't necessarily want to do. It's uh, it's almost 4.30 on a Thursday. I should be getting ready to have a nice evening with my parents bringing over the dog, going to be a nice night. We might even get Mediterranean food. But none of that matters right now because Kevin Durant, the best player to put on a Nets uniform since Julius Irving has requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets after playing for the franchise for three – well, he's been on the team for three seasons. He's technically only played two years. Um This is one of the most damning moments in Nets franchise history. And we're talking about a franchise that has had a lot of terrible moments. We can talk about the 12 and 70 season. We can talk about the 2013 team that was supposed to challenge the Miami Heat for the title. And they were just not it. Let's call it what it was. Uh, that was pretty bad for us and, and also trading away our future to the Celtics uh, and picks that turned out to be Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Martin, Jason Tatum and those guys. Uh, we can talk about, you know, the, the good times in Nets history, reaching the finals back to back years, but having to face two ridiculous dynasties in the Lakers and the Spurs. Um, but nothing compares to what's happening right now. Uh, three years ago, and ironically, you know, July 4th is coming up. Three years ago, right around July 4th, I forget the exact date, uh, Sham Sharania or Adrian Wojnarowski put out that tweet that it was a clean sweep. And the Brooklyn Nets had won the free agent sweepstakes, acquiring Kevin Durant in a sign and trade with, with the Warriors, acquiring Kyrie Irving. Um, they even acquired DeAndre Jordan, who at the time was still a relevant center in the NBA. Uh, I don't think Nets fans were too angry that we we got that, you know, package thrown in there with Kyrie and KD at the time. Uh, what did we learn in, in those in that first year? Um, that first year was a warm up year, right? That, you know, we still had Spencer Dinwiddie on the team. He was he was given his all. Uh, he still had Levert. You still had you still had, you know, that young core and Jared Allen. Um, you enter that second season with a healthy Kevin Durant a healthy Kyrie Irving and um, you know that even, even that season, the Nets did not get off to a great start. They were winning some games, losing some games. You acquired James Harden. You, you give up Karis Levert, you give up Jared Allen. Uh, you, you, you I obviously Dinwiddie was, was gone early on in that. So he, he, he got hurt in that season. So he wasn't, he wasn't there. Um, but you bring in James Harden and that's where you sort of, started to see the fall of of what we all thought was this empire in Brooklyn. Um, Harden gets hurt in that second year. He has the hamstring injury. Uh, Kevin Durant gets hurt. I think he had the hamstring injury in that season. Or maybe 
I think it might have been the third season, but Durant Durant was out for a little bit that second season. And then Kyrie Irving, you know, he was he was dealing with some stuff in that second season. He missed some time. By the time we got to the playoffs, um, you were playing with a hurt James Harden against the Bucks. Kyrie Irving goes down in that second or third game. And what you have is Kevin Durant having to single-handedly carry the Brooklyn Nets through the final four games of that series in which the Nets, I think won, won two games. Yeah. Oh no, they won, they won one game in those final four games because they got off to a two Oh start and then the bucks tied it up uh two, two. And then yeah, it went, it went Nets won game five bucks, won game six and seven. Um, but you saw a little bit of what Kevin Durant was going through in terms of having to put the team on his back. Um, and he did it to, to hit the, the, you know, give the guy credit. He was Superman in that series. Like we always joke, he was, uh, you know, a few inches away from beating Giannis in that Bucks team. You lose that series in seven, you go into the offseason. And obviously, no one could foresee the pandemic taking over. I mean, that's not technically true because. We did have the bubble year, that that first year that KD and Kyrie were with the Nets. That was the bubble season. Um, but obviously, we, we run into this whole vaccination. Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get it, so he can't play. So now you have a big two to start the year for the Brooklyn Nets. And, um, you know, that big two very quickly became a big one when, when Kevin Durant, I believe, hurt his hamstring. So then you have James Harden trying to carry a roster where the second best scorers is a is an older Patty Mills. And um that wasn't working for James. James was upset with the situation. He was upset that Kyrie Irving wasn't playing. He's probably annoyed that that Durant got hurt and he he wants out. So he goes to Sean Marks and he does everything in his firepower to get the heck out of Brooklyn. And um you know, at the time Everyone was was upset with him. I was upset with him. Did I think that the front office and 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 Sean Marks and Joe Side and whatever was happening there was as dysfunctional as I think it is now? I don't. I still think they were on good terms with Kevin Durant at that point. I think that they they you know for all the reports they got Durant's blessing to make that trade for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond uh, to, to bring them back to Brooklyn. Um, but there was always an issue there, the fact that James Harden wanted out, right? It, it sucks. It absolutely fucking sucks when a guy doesn't want to play for a team, a city that you care about. And, um, you know, us as, us as New York fans have been lucky. And I say New York uh, very broadly because I'm, I'm referring to the Knicks. I'm referring to the Giants. I'm referring to the Yankees and the Mets and the Jets. Um, normally, you know, New York is a place that attracts talent. I, I think of Eli Manning wanting to play for the Giants back in 04. He refused to play for the Chargers. I think of Carmelo Anthony taking on that challenge with the Knicks. And yes, Kevin, Kevin Durant took on the challenge with the Nets. He wanted to win outside of Golden State. He wanted that title that he can say, you know, this is my title. You know, as great as Kyrie Irving is, he was, he was the sidekick. I was the guy. Um, but that, yeah, so, so that all I'm, I'm, I'm back on this third season Kyrie's out 
you know, for the majority of the year, Harden gets upset. They, we trade him. We bring back Ben, Seth, and Andre. And something just never felt right. You know, even with Kyrie being out, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into all that right now because this pod isn't about Kyrie. It's not. It's about the Brooklyn Nets, and it's about Kevin Durant's decision to leave. So we get to the playoffs this season with virtually no chemistry. Durant's been out a while. Kyrie's been out a while. Kyrie's still trying to find his footing. You have guys like Seth and Andre who are trying to carve out a role on this team. And, you know, I'm not sure if there was pressure from management, but it almost felt like Nash had to play Andre Drummond and give him a lot of Blake Griffin's minutes, which really soured Blake Griffin's tenure in Brooklyn. I I mean, when free agency started, everybody knew Blake didn't want to come back to the Nets. We all knew that. And, you know, we lose that series to the Celtics. We get swept in four games, four close games, but we get swept. Um, and Nets fans have just had this bad taste in their mouth for, for a while now. The fact that we have this championship contending roster, or so we thought. I don't want to hear, you, you know, what I've heard all week is, well, if the injuries don't happen, if God, enough. You won one playoff series against a bad Celtics team two years ago. That's been the highlight of the, the, the tenure for the big three. And it's embarrassing. Okay. You look at, you had a, you look at like, you start looking at regular season wins that were a big deal. Okay. You beat the Sixers. So what you beat the bulls big deal. You beat the Lakers and the, and the Clippers in the same week. James Harden was great in those, in those games. Cool. He's not on the team anymore. We finally get to this off season. And you have everything with Kyrie, the standoff. He wants he wants a sign and trade. So he, he gets permission to request a sign and trade. There's no value out, out there for him. Sean Marks and Josiah, they win that battle. They get Kyrie to opt in to, to his one-year player option. But throughout this whole scenario, throughout everything going on, Kevin Durant's relatively silent. He's relatively silent. He goes on the podcast. He says a few things about Kyrie. So he's not getting involved. And, and you keep hearing these rumblings that him and Sean Marks and Joe Sire are not really on speaking terms or, or he hasn't reached out to the nets. And then I, I see the, the rebuttal. Oh, well, do you reach out to your boss when you're not working? Cool. Could we stop with that? Okay. Not that these guys entire life is basketball because it's not, but Kevin Durant, and, and you hear you heard it from Steve Clifford the other day. Some guys just love hoop. Kevin Durant, as great as he is, he's never someone who takes a day off. He's never someone who stops working on his craft. He, he's working. He's working with the best professionals in the league. He's someone who cares about basketball. And somewhere, some way along the lines, he lost faith in Sean Marks, and he lost faith in Josiah, and he and he lost faith in them to build a championship roster around him. I can't say I blame him. I it's easy for us to sit here and say, "Come on, KD, be patient." Now we have Ben Simmons. You have Kyrie coming back. There's still some pieces that should No, it's easy for us to say that as fans. But because we don't know, we don't understand the effort and the time that Kevin Durant puts in. We don't we don't get the hours of dedication that go into guys like Kyrie Irving, guys like Kevin Durant's work ethic to get to where they are in this league. That doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen by accident. So when you're Kevin Durant and you're putting in all this work, all this energy to try to 
you know, compete for a championship with the Brooklyn Nets. And each year you're coming up short and you're looking around and you're seeing, Hey, my teammates are different from this year and, and last year, but drastically different, right? It, it's not like, you know, our core is staying the same. We went from having Karis Levert, Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie to now it's Patty Mills, Andre Drummond. Bruce Brown is still in there. He, you know, he, he's been up and down, right? Bruce Brown barely played when James Harden was on the team. Harden disappears. All of a sudden, Brown's a featured player again. So there was a lot happening, I think, with this roster that if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm probably not happy with. Um, and, and now we get to this moment. And, and I said this on another podcast, but I want to say it here. I think of the movie Jaws, right? With the whole Kyrie Irving thing. When they when he opts into that one-year player option, I think you're you're almost at the climax of Jaws where you think that you killed the shark and everybody's happy and they're doing a victory dance. And all of a sudden Jaws comes up and he eats the captain. I don't remember the captain's name, but I remember that scene. He's standing on the boat and boom, Jaws pops out of the water, eats the captain. Oh fuck. You got to deal with the big ass shark again. And that is what Nets fans just went through on Monday. We spent six to seven hours speculating. Where's Kyrie going to go? Is he going to sign for $6 million in Los Angeles? Is he going to get traded? Are we going to get picks back? Is this the end of 7-Eleven as we know it? And when he opted in, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was overjoyed. I was, I was taken away with happiness. I was so freaking ecstatic because it, it kept the hope alive that we can somehow salvage this 7-Eleven thing and, and make it work. But you saw the tweets from guys like Brian Windhorst, from guys like Adrian Wojnarowski. The Nets aren't aren't out of trouble yet. KD, Kyrie haven't really spoken with the organization. Um, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski is the voice piece for Sean Marks. He was putting out tweets, basically trying to get Kevin Durant to engage with the Nets. That was going on back and forth. Lo and behold, today. We get the shocking news. Sham Sharania drops the tweet that Kevin Durant will request a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And um, and he's he's meeting with Joe Side directly to tell him. Um, you know, I, I, I just sort of walked you through the chain of events that it took to get here. I'm trying to guess what Kevin Durant's mindset is in this decision. I get it. There are so many opportunities Kevin Durant can go to where he has a better chance of winning his championship. You guys want to talk about legacy. You want to talk about this, that. I don't really give a fuck about that. No one's going to complain when Kevin Durant comes to your team. Would it have been nice to see him win something for Brooklyn? Absolutely. Do I regret signing him? Do, do I? Do I res No, I don't regret signing him. And I, I loved every second he played for the Brooklyn Nets because I know he gave his all. And it was amazing to have a player where no matter what, if you needed a bucket, Kevin Durant was there. I've never had a player like that on, on my basketball team. So that was incredible. Um, do I resent Sean Marks and Joe Sy for fucking this up? I do. I do. I, I really do. I I think somewhere along the lines, they lost it. They they, you know, I said earlier in the podcast, Kevin Durant lost faith in them. They lost their ability to cultivate a relationship with Kevin Durant, to cultivate a relationship with Kyrie Irving. And I've said it numerous times. Kyrie Irving is who he is. When you signed him, 
you knew the individual you were getting. You know what he represents. You know he speaks his mind. You know he, he's not a quiet individual. He's not just going to um, be like everybody else. He's going to be like Kyrie Irving. So after this season, when you know the way you handled the whole vaccination mandate, everything with Kyrie, not making him a part-time player, and then making him a part-time player, that was that was not handled well. It just wasn't. And I think KD could start to see the writing on the wall that maybe, just maybe, this isn't where he wants to be. Maybe Sean Marks and Joe Sy aren't aren't the, the bosses that he wants. And it just sucks. It 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 absolutely sucks when management impacts players' decisions on on wanting to play for your franchise. Um, so now we're at a point where, where we're, we're, you know, nothing's been announced yet. Obviously there's heavy interest in Kevin Durant. Uh, just looking at some of the teams I'm seeing Phoenix really wants to put together a package for Kevin Durant. I've seen the heats name out there. I've seen the Sixers name out there. Uh, again, I, I would like to think that KD and Harden aren't on the best of terms, but, but I don't know that they're, they're probably fine with each other. And I don't think that this, you know, uh, I I think that this situation is slightly different than the James Harden situation um, in the sense that Harden knew KD was coming back and Kyrie was going to come back eventually. All Harden had to do was wait a little bit and he didn't want to, but you can't, you can't blame him. You can't blame James Harden for wanting out because guess what? Now Kevin Durant wants out and, and we're at a point where it, it just seems like management fucked up. So for everybody on Nets Twitter who still has the audacity to defend Josiah and Sean Marks, I'd love to hear your reasoning. I, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, and this is bad on so many levels, right? Because everyone in the fucking league has rooted against the Nets so hard these past three seasons. They've wanted us to fail. I've had cousins reach out to me saying, I can't wait until this entire thing crumbles. I've had everybody in the state of Massachusetts reaching out to me. Hey, Nets were great in the playoffs this year. Really excited for, for what Kevin Durant's going to do this, this offseason. I've had everyone and their mother chirping me, you know, since this decision went down, since he demanded the trade request. Um, this is what everyone wanted. And it sucks because Kevin Durant, I feel like he's someone who thrives when people doubt him and the nets were going to go into next season. I don't think with a lot of expectations, I, I think you can look at them with, with a, a trio of KD Kyrie and Ben Simmons and still say, give me the heat. Give me the Celtics. Give me the bucks. I, I really think that give me the Sixers almost. Um, but he, he, he demands the trade, you know, the haters win. Every single Nets fan in Brooklyn has spent the last three years drooling over the idea of a championship. And guess what? We're not even going to sniff the concept of being a competitive team in the playoffs for at least two to three seasons, no matter what we get back. Because I'll tell you this, you saw, you saw it with Blake Griffin. You saw it with Patty Mills. No vet wants to play for this franchise right now. The the second that Patty Mills declined his six million, six point two million player option, you knew something was up. When Blake Griffin wasn't playing at the end of the last year, even though 
I, I have a feeling Kevin Durant liked playing with Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is a smart, tough-nosed player who's gone through shooting slumps throughout his career from three. He's still a guy you want to go to war with. And, and just the decisions that were made by Nash, Steve Nash, who, by the way, is not – he deserves some of the blame for this. I wouldn't say a good amount, but Nash is underwhelmed as a coach through three seasons. Call it what it is. And, and you know, you see what Kenny Atkinson's been able to do in Golden State, helping Steve Kerr and that Warriors team win a championship. The man turned down a head coaching job with the Hornets to stay with the Warriors. And, I, and I'm happy I brought up the Warriors because – that is the type of culture we need to study and we need to build. Okay. What the Warriors have been able to do, obviously, drafting Steph Curry, Draymond, Clay Thompson, that's where it starts. But then acquiring Kevin Durant, winning two championships. He decides to go to Brooklyn. Fine. Warriors spend two years, two seasons rebuilding. All of a sudden, they're back in the championship. They, they get another title under the belt. Why? Because of their culture because they were able to attract an Andrew Wiggins, because they were able to make that trade and get rid of D'Lo, because Bob Myers is able to make those smart decisions, right? Drafting Jordan Poole, stashing him in the G League, allowing him to get really good. That is the type of culture I'm looking for from the Brooklyn Nets. And since Kevin Durant and Kyrie have been there, we have not had a winning culture. We just haven't. Have we won some games? Did we finish, uh, what, second in the East last year? Sure. That's great. That, that means nothing to me. I've been following this team. I'm 29 years old. I've been following this team for about 20, 21 years now. And I don't think I've ever felt as shitty as I do right now. I mean, this is the lowest of the lows for this franchise. You had everything in the palm of your hand. You had the ingredients. All you had to do was find a few more ingredients, mix it all together to make something special. And you blew it. You absolutely blew it. You dropped the ingredients on the floor. I know this is a stupid analogy, but whatever you did, you made a shit cake. You made a shit pie. And now... You have to throw it away and start over. You have to start fresh. Who knows what's going to happen, where Kevin Durant's going to go, where Kyrie's going to go, what's going to become of Ben Simmons, how this is all going to work out for, for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I just – this is a tough one. This is, this is one of the tougher days I think I, I've ever encountered of being a Nets fan. And look, at the end of the day, I, I get it. Is, is it just, it's just a game. It's just sports, yada, yada, yada. I've been following this shit hard for 20 to 21 years. Okay? I was at those finals games where the Nets lost to the Spurs in 2003. I've followed this team through thick and thin. And all I'm asking for is a chance, is an opportunity for this team to be good. And these last three years, they were wasted. They were wasted with... With bad decisions, not great trades. You know, I, I just got a message. Net's always going to net. It's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. When, when things happen over and over again, you know, that's a pattern, right? This, this isn't 2013, but it's eerily similar. This seems like a moment in history that could break 
the Brooklyn Nets for at least a few seasons. And, and they're going to have to rebuild. And not that that's a bad thing, right? You see what OKC is doing in their rebuild. You see what Detroit's doing in their rebuild. But think about the last time Detroit or OKC were, were relevant. It's been a while for those two teams to do what they're doing, to get the number one picks. They had to have a lot of crappy seasons. And now that the Nets are just getting into this period, you also, you don't want to be that middle of the pack team, right? You don't want to be the Chicago Bulls or the Atlanta Hawks from a few years ago, where every year you're a four or five seed. Maybe you compete in the first round, you get bounced in the second round. Those teams never go anywhere. You don't want to be those guys. You want to be the Miami Heats. You want to be the Boston Celtics. You want to be the Cleveland Cavaliers when they had LeBron. You want to be able, you want to be the Milwaukee Bucks. You want to be able to put yourselves in positions where you are the best team in your division, in your conference. And the Nets aren't going to have that opportunity for a while. Why? Because they somehow lost the greatest player to ever put on a uniform for their franchise through incompetence, ignorance, I think a little bit of arrogance and just flat out stupidity. And that's where we are as Nets fans. You know, we don't we don't get to choose this life. I, I've seen a lot of people on this app. They say, and this will be this will be the end of uh, the end of this emergency podcast. I'm sorry it's so somber, but it's really dark in this room. Um, a lot of people on Twitter said, you know, if the Nets lose Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I'm not going to root for this team anymore. If they if they, if they lose one of those guys, I'm going to find a different team to root for. And I'm sorry, but that's that's not in my DNA. All right. This is Fireside Nets. I'm not changing this to Fireside Lakers. I'm not changing this to Fireside Suns. I'm not changing this. I'm not changing the team I root for. All right. If we have to go through some shit years again to eventually find light at the end of the tunnel, so be it. So be it. That's what being a fan is. You don't get to choose and pick when a team is good when you want to be a diehard fan because that's not really diehard, is it? Diehard means you roll with the team, whether they stink, whether they're good, whether their management is shit, whether their management is amazing. It doesn't matter. Ask Mets fans and ask Knicks fans because I know those two teams have had it worse. They've had it rough. But they come back every year. They root for their team. I give Knicks fans credit. I give Mets fans credit. They stick with their teams. And I really hope, and this is sort of a PSA, I really hope that Nets fans stick with their teams too. Because Sean Marks isn't Iron Man. He isn't indestructible. He can be let go. Steve Nash is not guaranteed to be the head coach of this team forever. He can get let go. Joe Sy. You know, you see what these owners do. They, they, they try their hand in the NBA. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work for them. They sell it to somebody else. I'm not saying that he's going to do that. But man, oh man, he looks like the worst owner in basketball right now. He does. Sean Marks looks like a really bad general manager right now. I'm not saying it's all on these guys. I'm not saying you can't count all the extenu extenuating circumstances over the past few years, the injuries, the pandemic, the vaccination mandate, what have you. But great teams and great organizations and franchises with a great culture figure it out.
Okay. Every team in the playoffs dealt with injuries this season. Over the last few seasons, they've dealt with injuries. Clay Thompson had one of the most remarkable comebacks, and he was able to win a championship this year. Steph Curry was banged up for a few weeks this season. A lot of guys in the Celtics were hurt too throughout throughout the year. Yet the culture and the organization and the talent and the players from the coach to, to the front office to everyone, it w- the culture was there. So they were able to overcome whatever. The Nets were never able to overcome these obstacles, these these hurdles that that were so were so high, were so significant, and a big reason is because they never built a winning culture. Even by acquiring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvin, every Nets fan said, "Oh, we're going to win a championship." But the real fans, myself, guys like shout out to Mike Delivers, Mike Baseglia, shout out to Keith McPherson, shout out to Doug Barrick. Shout out to Will, a.k.a. Nets depicted by SpongeBob. I'm, I'm going to miss some people here. Um, but they knew, we all knew, the real fans knew, winning a championship, even with two of the top 10 players in the league, wasn't going to be easy. Everyone knew that except Sean Marks and Joe Sy and Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets. Because clearly, it, it just, they never even got close. So... This will go down as one of the most disappointing moments in the history of this franchise. If you want to look on the bright side, it does give us a fresh start to rebuild, to, to reorganize for the first time since you know we, we acquired D'Angelo Russell back in the day, since we, we brought in Spencer Dinwiddie, since we had sort of that group of, of guys that were were sort of washed, well, the league viewed as washed up and they were recycled around the league and, and they came to our organization and we, we built sort of a mini winning culture for a sec. Uh, they were competitive. They were a fiery team. They were feisty. They did not have the talent, but they had, you know, it's ironic. Everything that the Nets had before KD and Kyrie sort of went away when KD and Kyrie joined the team. The tenacity, the, the you know, remember that that series against the Sixers when Jared Dudley was going at it with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Yeah, they beat us in that series. Yeah, they were the more talented team, but we had the heart. Jimmy McGinty, the replacements. You got to have miles and miles of heart. Watch that movie if you haven't. Keanu Reeves, Shane Falco. Miles and miles of heart. This Nets team for the past three seasons did not have that. The culture wasn't there. The heart wasn't there. You can't depend on one guy to win you a championship or one and a half guys, as I'm going to refer to Kyrie Irving. And not to mention Kyrie Irving, (laughs) one of the best Nets guards to ever play. Whenever he was on the court, mostly outside of that, that Celtic series, he was phenomenal. He, his numbers in Brooklyn are great. So, I'm not even going to get into him and, and my gripes with, with, with Sean Marks and Josiah not giving him an extension. Maybe if they give him an extension, Kevin Durant's still on the team. We can go into what ifs all day. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to end this podcast by saying, as bad as this is, this is the worst thing that the Nets have ever gone through as a franchise. This is the most disappointing moment in franchise history. Hopefully, this organization wakes up Hopefully we start to build a culture and 
and and regain that heart and that tenacity and that feistiness that we had a few years ago and we're able to build something otherwise everyone in management from the owner to the general manager to the head coach they should be ashamed of themselves for letting this happen because nets fans we deserve better we don't deserve this i don't i don't deserve the texts from all the people in boston from all these knicks fans i don't deserve the chirps and I, I just, I'm, I'm tired of losing. That's it. I'm tired of being the loser. I'm tired of being the laughing stock of the league because that's what the Nets have been since the J Kid era. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Fireside Nets is brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Um, you know, we're still going to be putting out these episodes just because Kevin Durant's going to be gone doesn't mean we're going to be gone. Uh, you can follow us on Fireside Nets on Twitter. Check out our YouTube page. And um, if you're ever interested in, in coming on the show, you know of anybody who would want to come on the show, you know, we're, we're always willing to have Nets fans on and, and anyone who wants to air out their frustrations um, about this team. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, by the way, I should have mentioned Nick wasn't here today. This is Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick. Nick was busy, but I needed to put out an emergency podcast for you guys. I owed you that. And um, thank you guys for sticking with us through thick and thin. We'll get through this. We will. We're, we're a strong group of individuals that have dealt with heartbreak before. But when the person you've been dating for three years decides they don't love you anymore, it fucking hurts. It stings. So Kevin Durant, I appreciate everything you gave us. I don't resent you for a second. I don't resent your decision. You're a grown man. You're entitled to do what you want to do. We'll miss you in Brooklyn. It was a good run. I'm sorry we weren't able to to build that championship culture around you. I'm sorry we weren't able to build a championship roster around you. Um, best of luck to wherever you go, and, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you down the road. That's it. I'm out. Thanks for listening.